0: All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NBA podcast. Oh. It's, yeah, Tuesday, October 16th, first day of the season. Can you believe we're already here, buddy? Mm, yes. You can. That's, I, I know I threw you off. It's not how I usually lead in. I'm Doug Norrie. That's James Davis for some daily fantasy sports DFSR.com for short, DFSR.com slash deals. If you've uh, been listening to the NFL podcast, you know this is the case. But if you're right back for the NBA, DFSR.com slash deals gets you the podcast listener, a $5 off uh, the monthly subscription package that we have over here. Optimal lineups, FanDuel and DraftKings, NBA, of course, NFL, uh, premium chat, uh, premium content, all that stuff is going up for our members. It's all covered under one subscription package, so go check it out. DFSR.com slash deals, and you are good to go. It's been four months since we talked NBA, well, probably five months since we stopped doing the podcast. Um feel like a ton has happened in the offseason. We'll probably get a lot more to that in tomorrow's podcast because there's just this is a very short slate. Um, but I'm excited. I the first day of NBA feels like a little bit like Christmas time. Um, are you concerned that some of the offseason moves are going to throw some teams out of whack? Or do you think enough sort of stayed the same that NBA, the regression to the mean on so many guys is the same, that we're not going to be looking at too many unknowns going into the year?
1: No, we're always going to be looking at unknowns in the NBA. Like... Players changing teams just throw such a monkey wrench into things, both for the player individually and for other people. Uh, you know, some notable guys being missing. Like, yeah, we're going to see some you – know, there's some amount of sanity just because, like you said, the baseline tends to not change on guys too much from year to year. Uh, changes tend to happen gradually in player performance in the NBA compared to sports like the NFL in particular. but. Like teams like the Celtics, like fully healthy. What do you do with a team like that? You know, like yeah, we'll we're going to that have in a to. Second, yeah. We're going to ha- exactly, but we're going to have to reestablish the new normal for them. I think the Thunder are another team on this slate as well. Schrader's in, Anthony's out. No Westbrook tonight. Like I don't know. There's still plenty of intrigue and tra- plenty to try to figure out early in the season.
0: For sure. Before we get to that, because this is our first NBA pod of the year, um, Fanduel. So a couple of notes about changes in format for this year. DraftKings bring back brings back the late swap. And FanDuel says no late swap, but we're going to knock off the lowest scoring player from your lineup. And I get the, th- the thought process yeah. was uh, the thought process was, oh, this will save you from you know those last minute scratches. Which, I, oh man, I, I don't want to spend the whole podcast talking about this. And I'll get your opinion in one second. I think our opinions were sort of like a little different at first, and I don't know if they've, if yours have changed or mine have changed a lot. But um, you know, they were trying to deal with a problem of. It's one of these things they were trying to deal with a thing that is a a bigger perceived problem than an actual problem, like players getting scratched, especially highly owned ones or or random guys. It feels a lot it feels like it happens a lot more because when it happens to you, it's the worst thing that could ever happen, and it just all really doesn't happen that much. So I think first of all, they were trying to deal with an issue that I don't see as a huge issue, especially because over the course of a DFS lifetime, those things will tend to just even out for you as a as compared to the field two. Well, I guess. What's your opinion on how it changes the construction of lineups on Fanduel? Do you think it? Do you think it's just going to be overwhelming changes in how we approach these things? Do you think the nature of Fanduel scoring, that was essentially stars and scrubs anyway, just becomes even more of that? I mean, what do you think about this new? It really, it really rubbed me the wrong way. I haven't moved too much off of it. I don't think it's a great idea. I don't think it's around by Christmas time. But what are your thoughts on this new Fanduel scoring?
1: I bet they'll leave it there, but I think that. I think it doesn't solve the problem they're hoping to solve. What they're hoping to solve, in my mind, if I'm sitting around the FanDuel board meeting being like, geez, we got to really do something about these complaints. Like, we're getting nonstop tweets. Anytime a guy gets scratched, you'll see this. Like, because I've just seen it when I'm searching for player news. It's like, Russell Westbrook's track, FanDuel, give me my money back. Westbrook didn't even play, you know? And that's just, it's a bad look for them it's like probably the bulk of their customer service emails or a game gets canceled is another one um and they're like you know i understand their perspective which is what can we really do and in theory this could work except for it requires all participants in the contest to use this the way it was intended which is to say everyone just make normal lineups and then we'll drop the lowest score but no, it allows yeah. for yeah, it just allows for game theory and you know finagling and min maxing basically right where you can say like the only nights it's going to be proper to actually my guess is and you know who knows This might shake out differently my suspicion is the only nights where it's proper to just make a normal lineup and then drop your lowest score are going to be nights where there's so many cheap punts that you can't spend up all the money anyways so you just yep. wind up like like you're like well another free guy isn't just going to get me anything here so. So, like, what what else am I supposed to do? But otherwise, it just creates a really weird, perverse incentive to just put in, and like, I guess you still want to put in a guy who could conceivably do something at the thirty five hundred dollar price tag. Um, But I think it's actually going to cause the opposite. I think it's going to lead to more bad feelings as casual players that don't totally get this, they're just going to get their butts handed to them early in the season, and they're going to see all the top lineups being like what the heck, this guy played all the most expensive guys, and then a guy who plays two minutes a game for $3,500. That's not fair, you know? So, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, would, I, think that, I get what they're trying to do. I understand, but they need to casu- cater to the casual fan. I just think this ain't it, you know?
0: I think that what's going to happen, too, is that uh, the casual fan is going to say, "I my lineup would have... Th- what's going to happen more is they're saying, my lineup would have won if I hadn't dropped this thing, right? Because, one, casual fans do a very bad job of... Figuring out when they would have won had something happened, you know, you see this a lot. It's like, oh, that's you know, true. one more touchdown from this guy, and I would have been, I would have won the million. You're like, I don't yeah, think except you're. Except there were five hundred people ahead of you, right. also. <laughs> right, so I don't think this will won. They already, we already know that's a bad. Uh, they, there's already bad, bad math done on that, and I think sometimes it'll just be right. Like you will say, you'll look, I did actually put together the best line, the best nine guys. Um, and unfortunately one of my guys got dropped. So we'll see. I mean, I could, I'm standing to be, I I could be wrong. Probably what will end up happening is we're just now making eight man lineups instead of, of anything else. All right. Let's talk real quick. There's a two game slate tonight. Not a ton going on here for the first night. Obviously tomorrow is the night where things really start in earnest. This is just the opening, uh, sort of prime time slate where they're just, uh, yeah. just kind of getting NBA fans going. The first game is at 8 Eastern. It's Philly goes into Boston. Philly had a lot of offseason turnover. They mm-hmm. uh, No more Bellinelli, no more Iliasova. Uh, those are the two big names that we're seeing, seeing at least quality playoff minutes down the stretch. They are going to start Markel Fultz, but the note is that he's going to start the first half and then Redick will start the second half. So, I, I mean, I want to get your opinion here about minutes, about where we stand here. And this team is also looking very thin to start the season. They have faults coming in there. They lost the two wing guys that did put in quality minutes for them. Uh, Mike Muscala, who was supposed to come in and eat some big man minutes, is already doubtful and probably not going to play tonight. What do we do with the Sixers? It's not a good matchup against Boston. And I already see this team as being maybe just a little bit thin on talent. And there might just be guys that kind of emerge that we didn't really know, were, you know, stood to get a lot of playing time.
1: Yeah, feels funny. I mean, you know, we've had some DFSR darlings on this team in the past. You know, guys like Robert Covington still feels fairly priced. Uh, You know, even Dario Saric feels like a a totally fair price to me at the moment. You know, Embiid and Simmons; these guys are always going to be tempted to play for the upside. I guess the issue, even on a two-game slate, is this game has a decidedly lower total than the other game, and Boston's just a tough defense last year. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, like I think there's. It's Between Philly and Golden State, for probably the most sanity around minutes. I guess the false yep. news excluded tonight, but that isn't going to necessarily be enough again on just a two game slate, like because you can't fade the Golden State OKC game based on the spread, right? So, um, so yeah, I guess like for me, I'm going to be looking for one offs here the guys like Covington and Sarge. And I haven't really played with the lineups yet to know if I can like lock a $3,500 guy and go up and grab and beat or something, but as of right now, that's I'm Probably not going to be jamming a bunch of of uh, Sixers right now.
0: The major issue on FanDuel tonight is that there's only basically four guys who even qualify at small forward, and you have to play two of them. I mean, I'm not counting Semi Ojeley because I don't. Well, really you can play Semi
1: Ojeley for 3,500.
0: <laughs> so there's four guys. It's it's, uh, it's Durant, PG. Covington and Hayward. Hayward, you really can't do because he's 20, he's only going to play 25 minutes to start the season. So now you're really, so there's no, there's not even any upside on what was going to happen with him. So now you're really only looking, you're basically just choosing two of the three Durant, George and Covington. Uh, So that's really, that's where kind of Covington comes into play. Covington does qualify as a power forward on DraftKings at a pretty nice price. I do think he's going to see a decent amount of minutes here, especially because they're kind of short on wings as well. Mm -hmm. Um, The Fultz thing I want, I, I, Kind of want to buy early here, and I also kind of want to take a wait-and-see approach on him. Um, he has shown late season that he can put up a lot of fantasy points per minute. He triple-doubled in the second or la- thir- third-to-last game last season. So, And obviously the pedigree, the guy went number one in the draft. So he's just does have pedigree to be able to put up a lot of points. Uh, it wouldn't be crazy for me to see him play 25 minutes. Or it wouldn't be crazy for me to see 33. The other guy Is I'm a little worried about here. he really a good here. play on
1: 25 minutes? I don't think so. Like He definitely showed flashes where he could put up points in bunches last season, but he's also got plenty of games where he just doesn't score a fantasy point per minute. He got a lot of mouths to feed on that team. He definitely has, like, when he's out there, he just likes the ball in his hand, so he could do it, but 5,700 is just not exactly cheap, you know, (laughs) like, for a guy who's going to sexually split time in a position, I'd like to play, like, 4,800, then I would feel pretty good about it, but... Yeah, yeah, I kind of took a
0: stab at 29 minutes on him, it's it's a guess. It's not unreasonable, and he's still, like, a
1: borderline guy in our system, so...
0: Right, exactly. You just get you get really priced out of stuff here because there's just so few yeah. options. Like I said, there's only three small forwards you can choose from. Once that's the case, then you really are start to – and forget center. I mean, this is a very bad slate to begin with. I'm just going to kind of say this from the get-go. Yeah. If you're looking to jam in a lot of money on known quantities and known things, this is really not the slate to do it. A lot of things just do not line up correctly. Now, um, I'm a little worried – also, like a little worried on Embiid's minutes. There's just no reason – they've shown – that they don't want to overextend him early. There's no reason to. This is going to be a playoff team almost no matter what they do. There's no reason to play sure. him a lot of minutes early in the season, even if they are short on big men. If you want to just, you know, the Eastern Conference is bad anyway. So, and then Simmons is overpriced. So I think that's kind of where we, we land. If I'm shrugging, if we end up shrugging our shoulders a lot of these plays today, I think that's. I've been staring at this slate for the last 48 hours basically, and that's <laughs> I've been doing sort of one big shoulder shrug. And you get the same thing with Boston because Boston now fully healthy. Hayward is going to start only going to play 25 minutes what do we do with this team this was a team that was tough to play in DFS when lots of guys were injured I mean what do we are they are is it a full fade here is there any guy that you can kind of talk yourself into if you had to pick one or two to kind of round out a lineup is there anyone you would feel even remotely safe with this team now that we know they're fully healthy
1: yeah I mean I think the only guy that really comes front of mind for me is Horford uh, again if you have to play a center and just a God, this is going to be annoying to do this all season. And this is the position that you elect to not punt <laughs> because right. you could just play a $3,500 guy and just walk away from a pretty crappy position. Uh, Horford is, is probably going to be a pretty reasonable option there. Uh, literally, I mean, your other options are Stephen Adams, who's like a, currently even listed as a game time decision, and the performance and the minutes come and go for him. Like it just doesn't, nothing is reliable there. Golden State doesn't feel the center, typically, or at least not one that plays reliable minutes. That's been the historical thing. Who knows if that'll hold true for this season. Uh, Philly has Embiid, super expensive. The minutes are a question mark. So that leaves you with Horford by default, almost. Um, so yeah, if you don't go 3,500 at center, I think Horford is is totally playable here.
0: I can kind of t- possibly Kyrie. I mean, I only have him at 32 minutes, um, and... It's just, it doesn't feel great. This is going to be, we'll, we'll learn a decent amount from Boston tonight about, you know, what their plans are in terms of minutes. These are teams, you know, they could they could almost run like the Brooklyn Nets route at this point of just playing guys like 30 minutes and sort of saving right. you for the playoffs, playing all these different rotations. It wouldn't shock me if Stevens just mixed and match rotations for the whole season to see like what works and what doesn't. They have so many options at this point, especially too like what works and what doesn't and what doesn't maybe we trade somebody away at the big, at the deadline. I, there's a, there's a lot of ways that Boston can go this year and they're they're just set up so perfectly to because there's like no way they're not going to make the playoffs, right? And there's no way they're going to be one of the top seeds almost no matter what they do. So mixing and matching all season long, playing rotations when they're working, that could be the theme and if that's the theme, then we're really looking at a situation where from a DFS perspective short of like two injuries we're we're going to be hard pressed to find value, I think. Unless unless what happens is they play so few minutes that the prices just by, by we're looking mid mid November and some of these guys are priced fifteen hundred less than where they started because they're not seeing enough minutes. So uh, I don't know. I kind of wish any other team but Boston was starting on this prime time slate, but that's kind of where we land now. The game that we are going to want to pay a lot of attention to is the ten thirty Eastern game, OKC and Golden State. This game started at a minus eleven for Golden State is now up to minus thirteen. That's basically on the news that Russell Westbrook will almost definitely not play. So. We, I'm not sure we're going to have this news at the eight o'clock lineup lock, but I feel pretty confident he's not going to play. They've already moved him to doubtful. He has not played any of the preseason. He's coming back from surgery. I don't see why they would overextend in a game where they were going to be hard pressed to win anyway. Now I know it's hard for these teams. He listed it out, by the way. It came oh, out they, they they listed it out, so that ago. just yeah. that just changed. Okay, so there you go. That answers that question. So with this with this news, we have a Golden State. Excuse me, we have an OKC team that is now without its two highest two of its three highest usage guys from last season mm-hmm. westbrook obviously usage to the roof Melo was third on the team decent amount of usage by the way to redistribute for him um they are going to almost definitely get blown out and it's a two game slate do we just stack this team like do we stack schroeder I- i'm gonna assume felton's gonna start although i'm not 100 positive about that because um they do have some shooting guard options is this a team to stack knowing that they
1: could lose by 25 the Golden State <laughs> yeah it could be I, I think well so for starters some of these guys are just going to have too much opportunity compared to their price and their thin positions anyway so someone like Paul George at 9,000 yeah this game will likely get out of hand but you'll still get three quarters out of him and who else is going to shoot I mean Schrader is a full-on no-brainer I think at that mm-hmm. price point again You only have so many options. He's one of the four options on the day. Philly has a timeshare. you got Kyrie question marks, uh, Curry in the blood, et cetera, et cetera. So you're going to play Schrader. You're going to play George in all likelihood. And then after that, some of it's going to come down to reading tea leaves. You know, uh, one of the interesting guys for just like as your $3,500 punt could be Patrick Patterson. Like Mm -hmm. you don't know for sure what's going to happen there, but you've got some minutes freed up in pretty much his exact Skill set, right? <laughs> um, right? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned Steven Adams already. I, I would be more cautious about him uh, just recalling from last season when things get out of hand the other way. Adams' minutes are among the first to go. He doesn't do anything from deep. He can bang down low, but you don't really need him against Golden State necessarily defensively. So, yeah, I uh, I think you're going to see Schrader and George and then just ch- keep your ear to the, tw- to the tweets, Doug, for... Starting lineup news because if Felton gets a start, he's a must play. Um, and just figure out exactly who's going to fill in around those bigger guys.
0: I, yeah, well, I'm going to, in terms of the starting lineup, they could go a couple different ways. They could start Trader at point guard and then they could start like Diallo at shooting guard or they could start Terrence Ferguson at shooting guard. Neither of those two guys are all that exciting from a DFS perspective because they don't shoot. But the thing, the hard, the hard thing with this team to figure is. These guys get such low usage because Russ just does not pass to them. Like, we saw a whole season of this in right, Depot, yeah. right? Like, Depot looked like just a has-been almost, but that was more of a, It was more just because he was forced to play minutes alongside a guy who just simply doesn't want to pass to anybody, especially the shooting guard, right? So mm-hmm. um, it's, it, it is a little bit of a hard thing to figure what happens without Russ. I will say that Adams' uh, usage does go down without Westbrook, Westbrook which I found interesting. Okay. Uh, that's probably simply off the pick the lack of the pick and roll uh, with uh, Westbrook driving to the basket more. Uh, that's not going to happen. We have seen Schrader have be a high usage guy. He's likely the highest owned player on the slate after maybe Paul George and Durant. But I, he's not going to sneak by anybody. It does help that he qualifies as shooting guard on DraftKings. So we're going to have to excuse me on, on FanDuel. He's, he's both on, on DraftKings. But we are going to have to kind of play a wait and see, I think, on the starting lineup. I would the must plays from this team are Schroeder and george the interesting guys like you mentioned are patterson i would put jeremy grant in that uh, conversation too there are a lot of power forward minutes open and grant does fill that and he's a pretty versatile guy yeah. he also could really play small ball five if they really want to just yolo it and just try to hang <laughs> hang with a uh, golden state so he's another one i don't mind double punting power forward with jeremy grant on golden state are we looking to just stack so okay, one thing about Golden State, Draymond Green is probably going to be on a minutes limit to start the season. So I think we can mm. knock him off of the out of considerations from, from a, uh, uh, excuse me from a cash game perspective. If you think that you know twenty-nine to thirty minutes is in his in his wheelhouse here, but Curry Thompson Durant is it just a no brainer to just stack these three guys in cash, um, kind of on both sides if you can do it, just because their minutes are almost assured. If the blowout's going to happen, it's on the back of these three guys. It's all their usage. Is this is this kind of like is this the strategy? Is this a strategy tonight for for cash games?
1: I think so. And again, given that you just get you only ha- you have fewer positions, this is really the big the big issue I have with the one free slot. Uh, I don't mind it. it effectively, it kind of makes games harder in one sense because it's going to be much harder for lineup optimizers to account for which position you should punt. Like that's going to be a complicated calculation. But given that it's just fewer players, like these sites have been. Their pricing algorithms have been designed to try to get some kind of blend of of different price points, but you're just not going to be middling out nearly as much, right? So you throw away a position, you can get the expensive guys. Tonight, that looks like probably playing Curry and Durant for sure, and then probably playing Thompson just again at a thin position. So yeah, it kind of makes it a little bit less interesting to me. But yes, I think you're going to play, for sure, play those guys on FanDuel. I think DraftKings, it's going to be a little trickier, Um, just looking at our optimizer right now and kind of what it's spitting out. Some lineups have these guys, some don't. Uh, Curry's showing up in 100% of our optimal lineups, uh, but Thompson's only showing up in like 27%. So Mm -hmm. yeah, these things stand to change as the day goes along and and different opportunities become available. But that's uh, kind of how things are shaking out right now.
0: I don't mind if you're going to just throw, if you want to just make sure you get all the the big money guys at the other positions. I don't mind possibly punting on Damian Jones at center. He is going to start center for them. Um, he, you know, we have seen times where the center only means – is only kind of uh, – it's just like a token kind of play for, for Golden State because right. they end up kind of going these big lineups. But the thing is, if if Draymond is not going to play as much, they have some other injuries, maybe they just do go a little more Jones at center. He's, and like I said, he's going to start. He's the minimum a few rebounds. If you know that his, pr- his price tag is just going to get knocked off, lopped off the bottom anyway, I don't mind that being the one that goes and just kind of shooting some upside through the rest of the lineup because then that guarantees you get – this is FanDuel, by the way. Then it guarantees you get Curry, Durant, George, uh, Clay, Schrader, and like maybe someone else like Sarich or something like that that can put up points. So I think if there's, a, if there's a place to just kind of punt it away, I don't mind doing that at the center position with Jones, knowing that if he plays 19 minutes, hey, that's just that's just kind of how they roll uh, with the center position. So I don't know. Anyway, not, not all that exciting this late. I think we'll get more into stuff tomorrow when we have a lot more teams to talk about. It'll be interesting to see how this first night of FanDuel goes and how people react to sort of (laughs) how the people react to the way things are scored, Uh, and that will be an interesting thing to follow along as we go. DFSR.com slash NBA will get you that free three-day trial. Excuse me, DFSR.com slash deals will get you a free three-day trial and a $5 per month discount on our NBA Optimizer. It also includes our NFL one as well for FanDuel and DraftKings. It's all covered under one subscription package. DFSR.com slash deals will get you started. Buddy, enjoy the first night of NBA. Talk to you tomorrow when we really start breaking down all the teams. Peace.